Welcome, welcome, welcome. I mean, to the maybe the smallest winery in Italy, maybe or one of the It's a very, 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 very little winery, and uh, I would like to to give you some clues. I mean, some information in order for you to have a better understanding of where we are and and why this winery is so small. Um, so I'll take the opportunity to, to show you this. This is the logo of the company. The company is Claudio Prata Vinaiolo. And uh, so I, I, I need to be back to my life for, for just, just a moment. Um, well, I, I started making wine 14 years ago. And uh, it's interesting to understand the reasons for deciding to give up doing what I uh, was doing until that time and then to start making wine. So I was in, we were in the United States at the time. Because I am a biologist, I had run my own biotech company that was listed on the Italian Stock Exchange in 2000 as the first biotech company to be listed in the Italian stock market. And, uh, but in, in 2003, I merged with, uh, with an American partner based on San Francisco, name was Versicore. And uh, we created this, what was called by the Financial Times, a transatlantic corporation um, based in the area of Philadelphia, King of Prussia, where we decided to have the headquarters. So we moved with the family. It was 2003. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was very, very young. <laughs> Oh, she attended the first school, uh, kind of soccer school, the first, first year, year of high school. school. Her brother was very fun. So it's as a passionate of wine. So when I went to the United States, uh, it, it was a great surprise for me. I mean, I, I, I already went frequently to the United States. I had, I had the possibility to, to taste the wine. But it is different to buy the wine at the restaurants or go to, to, to the shop to buy the wine. It is different because you have a better understanding. But I was very much surprised because of the, the wines that I, I had the possibility to buy wines from everywhere from in the world. And, and uh, I, I was astonished because I didn't understand immediately how the entire world was able to fill the gap very, very soon, very, very quickly, and to start making good wine. Uh, uh, it was possible. It was possible thanks to a big man of the wine, Robert Mondavi. Robert Mondavi for me is a big man of the wine. Robert Mondavi in the 60s founded his own companies and, uh, in Napa Valley. We went to visit there. And, and so to have a much better understanding. In a very few words, Mondavi understood there was a great growing demand for good wines. Oh, I mean, that I, I, I tell you some, something that, that. But, but, but this is the, the view I saw. That. I saw it. And uh, I, I wanted to give an answer to this increasing demand. So imported the wines from French Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Petit Verdot. But what was it not? Wasn't not. Because French people. Um, liked to, to, to see the difference between one year and the other. And the difference was due to the different climate, the different season, but in particular because the process, the fermentation process was uh, out of control, completely out of control. So he wanted to standardize the fermentation process. And first of all, he said I must control temperature. 
because otherwise the, 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 the speed of the fermentation is different depending from the on the temperature. So you control the temperature in fermentation. And then also you had the, the industrialists. Uh, that, that was very important. Then some more innovations, and uh, last but not least, the use of barrique. So aging the wine in barrique. So he created the wine for American people. Very good wine, like French wine, or even better, and always the same. So he was very willing to share the techniques with everybody in the world. So everybody went there to, to understand the techniques, to make the, the good wine that was so appreciated by wine advocate, by Robert Parker. Robert Parker is the other big Robert in the wine business. And, and so everyone, French, Italy, Spain, and the new world, went to Robert Mondavi to understand how to make the wine that Robert Parker appreciated. So all the wine started making the same kind of wine. And uh, there was a growing demand <coughs> of people who were part of the ABC Association, anything but Chardonnay, anything but Cabernet, uh, who asked for a wine speaking of the territory. Two of the territory, the wine is cultivated. So with my passion for the wine, I almost uh, overnight, and uh, my family, I mean, maybe, so they didn't understand what was happening in our family, because I decided to stop running my company and to come back to Italy to make wine. Why to Italy? And not in French, for example, or, but, but because Italy, I thought, was in pole position, because Italy has more than 700 different indigenous grapes. So can cultivate this big, huge number of indigenous grapes by following different, different techniques. Because any micro terroir has a different techniques to cultivate uh, grapes to make wine. So I thought that Italy was really the, the country that could give an answer to this growing demand. So I, I, we came back. We came back at that time we were living in Como because we moved to Como 25 years ago, like Como. And uh, actually, I, I, I thought about, I wanted to make the big red wine in, in Puglia, Primitiva Negramaro. And uh, I created a company that is called Tenute Mera. Tenute Mera is south of Taranto, the Ionic Sea. Well, fine. I planted 50 hectares of, uh, of vineyard. I say I because Alessandra wasn't part of the company at the time. Uh, but, but then I thought that uh, white wines are not very good in, uh, in Puglia. I was wrong, but I understood later on. So I moved to the Campania region. Campania region, uh, oh, let's say east to Naples, um, among the mountains, in Irpinia. So it is a territory where Greco di Tufo, Fiano di Avellino, Falanghina can be, can be cultivated there. And uh, are white wines that I think are among the best in the world. So I went there, so I created another winery. So, uh, was it enough? Wasn't enough. What was missing? There was something missing. What was missing was the Salice Salentino. I mean, we can cultivate Negramaro. Negramaro is Negramaro DOP at the Tenute Mera Winery, but it's Negramaro. Just Negramaro. Cannot, cannot be Salice. Salice can be cultivated only in this very, very small terroir 
and the Guaniano is in the middle of this terroir. So I went to Guaniano, I bought this uh, winery, and we, at this time I say we, restructured, I mean, no, changed everything in this winery. This was a, a big winery, making uh, two million liter of wine every year, but the bulk wine, not in bottle. And so we transformed, we reduced the capacity by 200 times. What do we do now? Here. We make Salice Salentino. That's it. Only Salice Salentino for uh, Emera and for us. So we make uh, 100 hectoliters, we say 10,000 liters. 10,000 liters every year. Half of production for Emera, half of production for us. And the second half of production is the production coming from our vineyard. It's a vineyard that is 60 years old, but it's like uh, 30 years. I mean, that is, <laughs> is a good vineyard. <laughs> so may, make it, yeah. Um, and, and so the best grapes are, are fermented, and the wine is aged for one year in barrique, French barrique, new French barrique, and one year in bottle. And then it becomes Moros, like the name of the company, but uh, not, not every year. We started in 2012, we skipped 2014 because it was not a good uh, vintage, and then we have 2015 and 2016. Actually, ju ju just to, to give you a complete picture, w w why three wineries? So, three wineries because each winery in each territory is different. So, uh, what's the project uh, how we, we would like to grow? So, this is a bunch project. So, the project is a bunch of grapes uh, where any single grape is a winery. So, Terudemera, San Paolo, Moros. So, we can have a much more winery. This is to remind us that if you want to grow, you don't have to grow by increasing capacity too much. Because if you increase too much capacity, what the, the result can be that you lose quality. I, and we don't want to lose quality. So our focus is on quality. If we, we are able to grow, we incorporate other wineries into this project. So it's a sandwich project. Administration and control and marketing and sales and in between uh, all the wineries, so we can incorporate more wineries. And this is the, the kind of growth that we call uh, horizontal growth, horizontal development. But there is also a, a vertical development, vertical growth, where each winery can develop the ability of, uh, of uh, hosting guests. So wine lovers, so having our wine resort, the restaurant, uh, whatever. Because we believe it's very important, uh, this kind of tourism, the enogastronomic tourism. Uh, well, so I think that now you will, uh, when you will see this winery, you, you, you may have some, um, some idea, and not to say that we are crazy to create this winery, that is very, very small, and uh, actually, as I said, we produce 6,600 bottles a year of morals. And uh, today we, we are very glad that you are here so we can test together uh, morals. Our objective uh, in our work and in our lives is to create great wines and also to share great wines. So that's all we, we look for. And, uh, and the good part about our company is that we don't we don't really need to accept compromises 
in quality or in ethics, like we can decide whatever we feel like it's right doing and we carry it on. So we're very proud and uh, of course it's, uh, it's hard to be the last one to enter such a, uh, such a old business, you know. Like uh, there are families that have been doing this for so many generations. They have all the know-how that they, they have inherited. But we like to do things our way. He's being with his background uh, as a researcher, as a biologist. That's probably what um, also makes a difference in our production. And uh, and we love art. We love culture. So uh, here you are entering a small winery that has been kind of a, also a museum. We we have a collection of works of art from. Ercole Pignatelli, who is uh, probably the most famous artist from uh, this, this area. And uh, we are his big collectors. There is also a mural that he made uh, uh, in the other room that he gave to us when we opened this winery to celebrate uh, this new beginning. It's that we've had, I think, terroir as a concept that is obviously not, you know, it's not that popular. We're know, struggling with this. Lots, lots, yeah, lots of producers seem happy to say, no, no, Salento, it's all that, it's hot, it's the same. But you're the first person, person who's mentioned terroir. So, is it, do, you know, do you think that Salice Salentino has something specific that other areas don't? Yes. So, my answer is yes is something specific because we make the Negramaro at, at Lizzano is not like that. Okay. It's not like it. It's good but it's different. Okay. And why it's so different? And uh, the difference is because of the soil. Let's say not, not the terroir, I mean that the, the, the terroir in terms of uh, tradition and culture of making wine, cultivate grapes. Well, so we cultivate grapes in the same way uh, that the wineries. Uh, but these are older ones. It's the right combination of clone, maybe, and um, climate and, and soil. Uh, the reason why people does not know um, very well uh, uh, Puglia's wine, so they don't, they don't believe in Puglia very good wine can be done. And let, let's say I open it. Uh, when I was in the United States one time, I went to, I, I took a book and, and there were four to five pages dedicated to Tuscany, again to, to Piedmont, and then one, half a page for all the South and Island um, wines. So, and the reason, as I said, two reasons, one technical reason, one uh, uh, mental reason. The technical reason was the control of temperature in fermentation that was introduced by Vermondavi. Before that, no quality yeah. in the southern region. The mental reason is that because it was easier to make bulk wine to sell it. You make a lot of money doing that. Very more difficult is to uh, put the wines in the bottle and then to enter in a very di different market. Uh, so, if you have the time and uh, if you like, so you also could taste some other different wine like the Primitivo. And, uh, it, it, and you understand that there is quality in that as well. 
but for as far as uh, uh, Negramar is concerned, Salice is a special, special place. Lui diceva, quali sono le caratteristiche del terroir di qua che lo rendono particolarmente interessante? Questa uh, è la sua domanda. Ok, um, del, del, the, of the soil. The terroir is uh, is a soil, is climate, uh, is uh, in the way of cultivating grapes and making wine. So we cultivate grapes and make wine in the same the same way in the different wineries. Uh, there is no change. I mean that uh, the soil, the soil is the soil and the undersoil. I mean no, no. But supposing I I go back to London, and somebody says to me, tell me. How would I define a Negromaro from Guagnano? And I go, well, it's red. Um, it has acidity. It has sometimes tannin, sometimes fruit. But what is the essence of a Negromaro from Guagnano? Well, um, if you drew a picture, what would you, you know, whatever? Yeah, what is that essence you, of the wine? You, you clearly, you clearly have a vision for your company, mm. for your winery, for your brand. But if you had to add the same vision to Salice Salentino Doc, like mm. how can you develop the area beyond, you know, why is it different to Copertino or, you know, Squinzano or all of these different areas that are not very far away. Um, and also, sorry to interrupt as well, like one, I've noticed that the other Salice Salentino wines um, they are slightly different to the Salento, you know, basic Negromaro varietal wines. There's a there's a sort of old-fashioned structure to them. You know, they're they're quite they're quite richly extracted, but they're but there's a like a sort of very old woodiness to them as mm -hmm. well. And it, and this creates a sort of a style. Mm -hmm. So so this is Salito Santino, but this is for me is very it's a modern. It's a modern yeah. wine. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a sort of, it's a more elegant expression of a wine. But it's, it's interesting because it's not, it's not typical for Salice Salentino Doc. So if you were to try to bring all the producers together to create a sort of coherent vision for Salice Salentino, <laughs> how would you do it? Well, interesting question. That it's, um, it's a bigger question. Um, if you want to talk about a French wine. You can you can do that. I mean, you can characterize a French wine very well. All French wines are more or less the same. I mean, if you go to the Chateau, to the to the area of Bordeaux or the area of Burgundy, so in Italy, everyone has a different characteristic. In Italy, we are uh, we, we we don't make a system. We don't create a system. Everyone is different. So this is the character of Italian people. A again, food, cheese. You cannot find a single cheese that is the same. Bread. But it, it changes everywhere and every time. Again, for wine. Just take the rosé wine. You find a thousand colors here in the rosé wine. You go in Provence and you see just one, one kind of color. So it's difficult to define a wine. So the wine is the mirror of the character of the people. So it's difficult to standardize a wine in Italy, in particular in the South, but everywhere. <laughs> but then I like what you said. I mean, when I wanted to come here to make Salice, I was in my mind, the Salice Salentino Reserva that was done at the, in, in a certain period. 
I, I cannot, I don't like that kind of wine. This is a modern wine. Mm -hmm. What what means modern wine? Oh, oh good question. For to, to us, to make wine, you don't have to manipulate the wine in the winery. So you must grow the, the vine, the grapes, at well, so if you have the good soil, if you the, if you have the good clone, and if you if you, your vineyard is old enough because the older the vineyard the better the grapes are, and then uh, and then you don't have to manipulate the wine in fermentation. So you 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 must do a very very simple fermentation. And it's natural yeast. No, no, no we don't use natural yeast. We just started a project of selection of indigenous yeasts, but then to have them ready for starting fermentation. Because if you start with natural yeast, you don't know the, how the fermentation would evolve. So I, I come from microbiology, I, I use it to make antibiotics with the microorganisms. And, and so it's important to start the fermentation when you want fermentation to start. So as I said, we are selecting our indigenous microorganisms, but to, but to create our microorganisms and to start with it, but it's not ready yet. So it's, um, when you say modern, I, I appreciate very, very much. Here you, you will see a museum of Greek um, uh, founding, art founding um, of, um, and, and of antiques. And there is a reason why this Greek museum here to remind us that our roots are root, um, very, very ancient roots. But then we have to make a modern wine, a wine that can go everywhere in the world and to be appreciated in the world. And uh, I don't know exactly uh, what our parents and uh, father and grandfather, so in the, the last generation, did the wine, but uh, very important is temperature control. As I said, temperature cannot go up 24, 25 degrees centigrade. That's, that's very important. When we take grapes, then we transport the grapes by using dry ice in order to keep cold. Uh, and then to create the atmosphere of CO2, so preventing oxygenation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, so, but, but, but if you have to, well, I say it's a medium body, from medium to full body. In, in the past it was much more rich. Yeah, more aggressive pressing. We, we, oh, yeah, hold on. What, what we do is uh, 0 0.6 pressure. And we separate it, all in the best case we put together. 0.6 bar of pressure, not very long maceration, as in the past, because you extract too much. Yeah. And then you extract some bitter note. And then we have from medium to full body. I see, so plan, plan I said, it's a, it's a mature, very ripe or dried plum and, and black fruits raspberries and, uh, and the spice notes. The spice notes of Negramara characteristic. I say, uh, it, it depends on the, but you can, 
eucalyptus and um, anise and cinnamon um, and so these spice notes are very characteristic of, of the grapes but also the wine but then also come from uh, from the barrique from the way that we age it. Well I would also like to give uh, my interpretation of what we've been doing here um, because I do get a unique feeling from these grapes Okay. and when we well first of all ours is a is a very old vineyard 60 years old alberello so it's a different completely different style uh, such a concentration such a small production when i taste the grapes and the the, the wine just just pressed before it be, before it ferments i get a unique feeling of such a texture such a rich texture that I've never felt with any other Negromaro and um, and such a l long taste so my interpretation of what we have been doing with Moros starts from that feeling of the texture and the long taste I feel like it's so rich um, that I have I haven't I have never tasted anything similar I love the area, for example, I love the, the red soils that you find in the area of Nardò. Um, I love the, the feeling that you get from uh, our Negromaro by the beach close to Manduria, but it's completely different. And w the concentration and the, and really like, it feels like you're, you're, I don't know, it's such an experience and it's hard to define the characteristics, I'm not an expert in this, but I'm, I definitely have the, uh, my approach changes when it's Salice Salentino, because I, I know that I'm going to find a, a completely superior body, a completely superior uh, concentration because of the clay, I'm sure. And also because, I mean, here we have the tradition of growing Salice Salentino, uh, Negromaro with the Malvasia Nera. It's disappearing because I know that modern modern vineyards don't really care about growing Malvasia alongside with the Negramaro, but it it happens here. And you have Malvasia. Yeah, we have a yeah. we have a small percentage. It's it's, bit, a, it's, it's around five percent. It's a very small from it's like three, five, five, three. Three.